Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are just as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They're milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches, and honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey.
clean When the house meets with the floors They get the spaces in between I wanna live a life like that I wanna be just like a king Take my picture by the pool Cause I'm the next big thing Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is Ryan. Hey, we made it, folks. It's Beverly Hills time, baby. (laughs) We did five episodes this week. I'm losing my mind. Yes, we're at the normal place we should be at, only for the second episode of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. How tired of you. How tired. I'm so tired of these ladies already. There's no way I'm making it out of this season. Uh, joining me today is the one and only Brooklyn Bailey, my dog. She's uh, laying right next to me. Uh, she's about to get horrified by some of the sounds that come out of my body. But that's okay because I've heard some of the sounds that come out of hers and it's not pretty, folks. Man, I got to tell you, is there? I, I did start a petition during Summer House to ha- never have Austin on again. Is there a way I could have a petition to have George Lucas or James Cameron, one of those one of those movie wizards to just completely CGI Rena out? I just just wouldn't it be more entertaining if they just kind of taught like you didn't even hear her, but you heard people respond to her and it would just be a blank space. And that <laughs> and by the way, I would almost also like Erica Jane to be kind of like half there, like disappearing. Like, you can see through her. She's translucent because she's losing her power. Like, I'm here. I swear to God, it's me, Erica Jane. No, you can see me. I'm bad. No, I still got power, everybody. I still, I'm very, be scared of me, everybody. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. I mean, really, truly. I, it was a solid episode. It was a solid, listen, 
I keep saying we're never going to get back to the glory days of last season. It's just, it's, it, but that's okay. But this is still giving us so much. There's so many moments. I mean, we have the return of the pancake cake this week for the love of God. We get Dorit and an Israeli army story. Are you kidding me? We get to meet finally Diana Jenkins. I'm trying to, though, though her accent is, it's very, it's like a mix of Yolanda Hadid and heaven. Like it's, I, I love her accent and I think I love her and her little boy toy. My God, you know, I always wanted to be a boy toy. Like it's and it's just not in this life. It's like Jane Austen. Like I've always wanted to read a Jane Austen book, but at this point you're like not going to do it. You know, like I don't just, I don't see myself picking up sense and sensibility at this point. Like maybe if I was younger, but it's just now I'm like, no, nah, I don't, I don't think I have that kind of time with me, you know? And that, I just don't think I'd, I'm never, I'm not going to be able to be a boy toy unless I meet uh, a nice lady in her nineties. And then maybe I could potentially be a boy toy, but it still wouldn't be the kind of boy toy that I always wanted to be. You know, how are you guys doing? <laughs> are you excited for the weekend? What are we going to do? Are we going to do something awesome? I've been busting my butt. So I'm going to take. I got to take Saturday off. I got to like, I'm gonna, cause Sunday I go right back in recording. But today was, I, I recorded with uh, my friends over at Bravo while black. If you haven't checked out their podcast, please do. I think I'll be on on Saturday. And I also helped them out with a Patreon episode for their Patreon. So uh, you guys have to, they're just, they're great. Those guys are really great. And it's, you know, I, I was mentioning on there, we all came up around the same time a couple of years ago on like Instagram and stuff. And, and I don't get to pal around with all these people. There's so many good, so many good, talented people out there, man. Like it is wild. And I get to talk to a lot of them, but I don't get to talk to a lot of them as much as I did during like pandemic when we were just all sitting around on our phones going, what the fuck? Like, you know? And so it's really nice to podcast with these people and be like, oh, it's it, there's like a, it reminds you of home in a way, but home being just talking about Bravo, <laughs> which is what we do here. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome. It's going to be okay. I know it feels weird now. I do. But just um, follow the sound of my voice. Now, I want you to go to the bank and I want you to pull out as much money as it'll let you. Then I want you to mail it to me, Ryan. No, um, it'll be okay. Thanks for coming. Uh, this is going to be fun. Uh, listen to me at your leisure this week we had we did a summer house finale we did three parts a three-part recap of the movie coyote ugly with annabelle DeSisto. i'm telling you guys even if you didn't listen to it this week that's the thing when you go on vacation you put that aside because you can listen to it at any time it is not like you know summer house reunion you kind of want to listen to the first two weeks it's released but that Coyote Ugly, the movie's been out for 20 years, for the love of God. We did our pop culture roundup on, on Monday. Oh, also, I, I got to talk with um, iHeartRadio wanted me to talk to this podcast, Murderish. Uh, her name is Jamie. And she does that, and she does a new podcast. And we were talking about those podcasts today, and she was just amazing. But I love, you know... We were talking about the idea, and I think this really relates to Beverly Hills, and we've talked about it here a lot, of how pop culture is going, from the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp stuff, about how trauma is now pop culture, you know, where that is our entertainment. And I think 
last year was a perfect example in Beverly Hills. So it kind of feels a little weird when we come out on the other side of it, even though we already have a crime right off the bat with Dorit's home invasion. And I find it, uh, the fan, our fan base is just wild. I, 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 I said this last week and I've said it all week and I still believe that Dorit was complete. The home invasion was real, but you guys out there, man, I made a couple TikToks and immediately in the comments were like, PK planned it. PK set his wife up. PK totally planned it. That is all PK. Like, and they're pointing out all these facts and I'm like, yo, do you think the cops would just ignore this stuff? Like, I mean, maybe I'm completely naive in thinking that crimes like that would be obvious. And maybe I'm completely naive that even rich people that owe money don't do that, especially when they know they're going to be under the microscope microscope of TV and not only TV, Bravo fans. I mean, I feel like every person uh, on these shows underestimates the audience, but I don't know. I don't know if PK would. PK seems hyper aware of what the audience feels and thinks, so... It's wild because, like, this is one where I can't even go with you on. Like, I'm just, I find it so uh, interesting. I don't know. Did you guys like the episode this week? Um, so I was going to pair it, um, and, and Sandra's going to kill me when she hears this. In fact, I'll probably wake up to a text like, how dare you? Uh, Taylor Armstrong from Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip Season 2. We've done that, and we've had that interview in the can for a while. We'll be playing that on Tuesday's episode, and she was a delight. And you can see the trailer for Ultimate Girls Trip. It is coming up very soon, which, Sandra, we need to email the lady who does Summer House because she does Ultimate Girls Trip as well. And uh, it's good that we held the Taylor Armstrong because she does talk about Ultimate Girls Trip and that. And I realized I didn't want to do any spoilers and then upset the lady over at Bravo. So it all works out. And you guys just got a little peek into behind the scenes of so big, so bad it's good. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Please, this weekend, like I always say, have something to drink for me. Have some have a nosh. Kiss somebody, but kiss somebody with their agreement. Don't just go, don't be kissing bandits, okay? I don't want that. Don't be like, this is for Ryan. And they're like, oh, some person attacked me. Don't do that. But let's have fun. Crack your drink. If you're driving to work, do roll your window down. If you have a kid, kick them out of the car. Let them find their own way home. You've taught them well. It's going to be good. Which, by the way, I always say this. I thought, like, I all you guys that I follow that listen to the show, I thought, like, it's so cool to watch your kids grow up. And I know I really risk saying, like, how creepy that sounds. Like, I've really enjoyed watching your kids grow <laughs> You know what I <laughs> You know, you know, you know, you know who's, sorry, your kids are growing up great. Sorry. Oh my God. Everybody's going to follow me tomorrow. It's actually a nice thing where I'm like, it's really nice to watch your kids grow up because I don't have kids. And then I realize how scary Mom, Mom, a strange podcaster, said it's nice to watch me grow up. <laughs> I feel like Lisa Rinna. <laughs> Sorry, Brooklyn. <laughs> Brooklyn wants her mom. You're not going home. Never. Um <laughs> This reminds me of when I used to do the Garth Brooks. You guys, I used to do 
there was this Garth Brooks video. <laughs> you guys that have listened for since the beginning know there was like this Garth Brooks video where he came to Facebook. <laughs> he came on Facebook and he was like, I guess it's official. I'm on Facebook now. <laughs> It's like a superstar. And he's like, gotta take some time. (laughs) Take some time to wish everybody. (laughs) I gotta take, wait, I gotta play. I gotta find it one sec. Well, I guess it's official. We're now on Facebook. I really wasn't sure about this at the start. But then a friend of mine said something that just made all kinds of sense. She said, think of it more as a conversation. I like that. Hey, Nancy, it's me, Garth. I got to talk to you about something real quick. I'm hearing about this Facebook. Nancy, you think I should go on? You think I should go on? (laughs) Nancy, how do you think I should think about it? Oh, think of it like a conversation? Huh. I like that. But I'm already finding out on my own. So it's wiping the walls out between you and me. And I really like that. <laughs> I feel like we need to put up more walls. It's wiping the walls. Like, oh no, Garth's trying to wipe the walls between us. <laughs> and I really like that. <laughs> See, it makes Facebook seem so creepy. And it is creepy. It is. Facebook <laughs> And the funny thing is, this was done like eight or nine years. This was done well into Facebook. Facebook wasn't a new thing. Fucking TikTok would blow Garth's mind. Holy shit, Nancy. What's this t- what's this talk? What's this ticket talk? What is oh shit. I can't think of it like a conversation, Nance, no more. It allows us into each other's worlds, or I guess in my case, the hotel room. What's so crazy? Like, it allows us into each other's rooms. <laughs> it allows us in each other's lives. Or in my case. And you can see, he's like sitting down in like a dark. You can't even fucking do it. Looks like, looks like he's a prisoner of war. So he's like, or in my case, the hotel room. <laughs> like, put your pants on, Garth. Jesus. He's like, oh, dumb me. Oh, Garth's at hotel room. Or in my case, a hotel room. <laughs> when I think about things I want to post, I want to post cool stuff, slick stuff, neat stuff. But most of the stuff I'm going to post is going to be raw stuff like this. Because it's just who I am. I want to po- want a podcast about cool stuff, neat stuff, Beverly Hills, Summer House. But most importantly, I want to post. Because <laughs> that's just who I am, damn it. <laughs> oh, no. Um, Dad, Dad, come quick. Garth's trying to post raw stuff on Facebook. <laughs> Here's a raw post coming right at you. <laughs> this Garth Brooks. <laughs> Old Garth Brooks. <laughs> I'm sorry, Brooklyn. <laughs> I'm not going to even edit that out. <laughs> or post cool stuff. 
Maybe Garth. Maybe you may Garth. You ever think about just writing your music? No, man. I gotta post something cool on Facebook. Fuck, I can't sleep. I gotta post something. Oh, damn. I want to post raw stuff so bad. Oh, man. It's just who I am. I got it. The old Facebook's calling me. They're saying, Garth, Garth, come post on me right now, please. <laughs> I've got friends in low places. I've, I've, I've got I've got people you may know in low places. So if this is truly a conversation, then I say let the conversation begin. <laughs> well, in summation, if this is truly a conversation. I say, let the conversation begin. <laughs> and then it's like the internet, so people are like, shut up, you dumb fuck. <laughs> oh, touche. <laughs> you just gave me a raw comment. <laughs> daddy, 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 come quick. Garth's posting weird memes. <laughs> I want to post cool stuff like like a little kitty there, <laughs> like a little kitty hanging from a branch, and it just says, "Oh shit!" <laughs> oh man, it's Friday. It's cool. We're we're chilling. I told you guys to chill. I'm chilling too. Um. Yeah, that's a that is a uh, throwback to the beginning of this podcast. <laughs> I used to do that at like three in the morning, and I remember the first time I played it, and I had never heard it before. And the first time I heard it was on the podcast, and I lost my mind. I was so tired, and I was so slap happy, and I just just like right there, I just couldn't stop. I couldn't stop laughing. I thought it was the funniest. I still think it's the funniest. I'm glad I took like a year and a half off from it. Cause it's just so, cause you're like, it, it, it's, it's like Lisa Rinna watching, watch what happens live and, and, and getting upset about the Elton John fundraiser. It's like, aren't you, if you're famous and shit, you shouldn't have to worry about watching Watch What Happens Live. If you're Garth Brooks, you shouldn't worry about getting on Facebook. Like, you're one of the lucky few that doesn't need that shit. You've got enough validation. You don't need... Hey, oh shit. I just posted this raw post. And I was real proud of it. It only got three likes. What did old Garth do? Damn! We live in such a weird society. And... The weirdest part of all of it is Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which we're going to recap right now. Before we do, uh, thank you to all the people that have signed up for the YouTube. Go on over there if you haven't to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey on YouTube. We have a couple videos on there if you want to see me awkwardly uh, make faces at Luann and uh, Tiffany Moon. More to come. Very excited about that. Shout out to Medita for some beautiful graphics on that. Um, go over and sign the Patreon, sign up for the Patreon as well. We had an episode with Samaj this week. I know I uh, do a Miami recap with Meditza this weekend, and we are recapping Gallery Girls up there, which I got to uh, recap episode three with a listener who was awesome. 
uh, this week that should be up this weekend as well. So we got a lot of things, uh, way too many irons in the fire, but I hope you guys are having fun. Even the casual listener that dips in, in and out, if you're hearing this, thank you, man. This is awesome. And we got some really other like cool things happening. I'm going to be on this Celebrity Book Club podcast <clears throat> I'm doing on Monday, and I have to read Selma Blair's new book because we're covering it on that show. So wish me luck on learning how to read this weekend. Um, A couple quick news stories entertainment-wise before we get into the crux of this. Now, this is hysterical. I was sent this. is uh, You can follow this Celebrity Jets account on Twitter, and it'll tell you which celebrities have, like, taken off on Jet. Like, this should be what I would think would be illegal. It's wild to me, but... We have that Kim Kardashian and Kylie Jenner both took off for Italy from their own personal private jet. So it looks like Courtney and Travis really are getting doing the they got they went to the courthouse last week and last weekend, but they're going to Italy and getting married this weekend. And it's one of those things of like, yo, you couldn't split a jet. You guys own huge private jets like you couldn't like. I mean, come on, man, like you do it. Wait, like climate change and stuff. Like, you guys both took your big old private jets. You're going to the same place. You could, you needed your own. Like, do do they have jet races in the sky? Do they do fun rich people stuff like that? Or like they do drag races with jets? Like, let's go! Like, and Kim's like, you be Ky- you be Kylie, or you're not getting a bonus this year, pilot Jeff. I wonder if Pete's going. Oh my God! What do we, I? I heard a rumor that uh, they might be moving to Australia because Pete has to film a movie there this summer, and Kim might uh, take everybody up there to the old outback, which is great because then it'll give me more chance to do my. Hey, it's going to India, guys. I'm Brooke. <laughs> I'm in Australia. Hey. Oh, also, I said this week that Australia and New Zealand were the same place, guys. I am not a smart man. I, I'm guys. You hear me every day. You know I'm not a smart man. I am so sorry. Geography, among many other things, is just not my forte. I literally was telling this to somebody. I've I've told people this for years now, and I just never bother to do it. But I I would love to learn geography. And I'm not even joking. Like, I need, like, a beginner's guide to maps or something. Like, I know where California is on the map, and I know Arizona is pretty much right next to it, and I knew New York's on the other side of that. Everything everything else is, like, hazy. It's so sad. Like, but you know what? Like, I don't have really that much of an ego, so I'm fine with saying I'm an idiot. Because then, when I'm smart, then you're like, look at that. Look at that guy. He's, he's doing He's He had a nice little thought there. Like, you know? But if anybody... If anybody has any, oh no, am I going to giggle through this? I'm so, I know some people hate when I laugh myself. I'm going to giggle this entire time. If anybody has any map book suggestions, let me know. Let me know. Okay. Cool, cool. So yeah, they're, they're going to get married married which like i'd be like i bet kylie orton kylie and kim were both like no travis and Courtney, you cannot go on our private chat you're literally trying to join the mile club anytime you get above 20 feet in the air no thanks like could you imagine they're like no we spent like 
$30 million on this jet. I do not want you fucking on it. <laughs> no, nobody will rent them a jet because they know they're going to have sex all over it. Oh my God, chill out. And of course, huge baby news. Huge baby news. Rihanna and... I'm loose, man. It's been a long week. Let me have this. Rihanna and that dude, ASAP, ASAP Rocky. No, please. Mr. Rocky's my father. Call me ASAP. And this is my wife, Rihanna Rocky. Rihanna Rocky. So, yeah, they had a baby boy. Cool. I love Rihanna. I don't know. I don't know if I like this ASAP fella, but uh, they had a baby May 13th, and it's coming out officially. So all those Twitter things that I was talking about on Monday's episode actually turned out to be true. They had the baby May 13th in Los Angeles, but a healthy baby boy. Very exciting. Congratulations, ASAP. Rihanna, I'm sure you're listening. Uh, Also, Christine Quinn and... uh, Old uh, Dumbo, Erica Jane, were on Watch What Happens last night. And I have this theory about Erica Jane. And I've said this before. It's just she's just not funny. She literally has had most of her lines written for her. The girl can't improv to save her ass. In fact, we watch it in today's episode where Sutton's like, you know, she's like, fuck out. And she's like, fuck off and sounds like no you fuck off i'll say i'll say and he goes well shut up no you shut up no you shut up like for somebody that like thinks of themselves as like really witty erica jane is never witty and the times she is witty are obviously written down lines in talking heads so when like that's the extent of erica's like big like arguing at a table is like no you shut up like, ooh, wow, look at this. Wow, Oscar Wilde, Shakespeare in the flesh. Amazing. Ah, she was so annoying on Watch What Happens Live last night. Did you guys like that? And Christine Quinn is like, she's trying. Like, she's she's a big personality. I like Christine Quinn, but at the same time, I couldn't tell you who she truly is. Now, I know uh, she was on Call Her Daddy podcast with Alexandra Cooper the other day. And Maritza listened to that and sent me some notes I wanted to go over with you guys um, if you guys are selling Sunset fans. So these are some notes throughout the interview. It said she is receiving death threats. People don't understand she's playing a character on there. I think we all understand that. The only difference, though, is when she does an interview, it feels like she's still playing the character. I still don't know who Christine is. Now, I will say this. At the beginning of Pandemic, I... I texted with Christine Quinn. This probably was around like the second season of Selling Sunset or right before something. And I remember going, oh, this is hysterical. Like, and I still had my job at the acting studio. And I remember going like, oh, shit, I'm like texting with Christine. And she was in a meeting. I was in it. And then I still have Christine Quinn's number. I don't know if it would still be her number. And I'm not that kind of person that just texts randomly like, what's up? I need to be better about that for like guests and stuff. I'm just, just, you guys know me. Um, 
She says she's been getting a flood of messages from women who want to stand up to their boss, want to know how to set boundaries, want to know how to step in their power. Like, I always see stuff like that. I'm like, really? Because, like, I don't see Selling Sunset as, like, anything real that I would be like, she knows what it's like to be a working woman. Like, it, to me, reads completely fake, so I don't know what advice she would have to give. Like, it'd be like, come for money, you know, like, marry, marry up. Uh, she says her birth was traumatic and made her realize what what's important in life. I think she meant the birth of her baby. Uh, she was pressured to film the show right after she gave birth. People were piling on her. She said no one showed her sympathy. True. I can imagine, though, she, you know, it doesn't seem like she was good with the people on the show. So they probably didn't. But also, I mean, that one scene she supposedly filmed right after birth and did yoga, she looked amazing. Uh, she says people think her pregnancy is a hoax because of bad editing, possibly. Um we, we, we hear about editing a lot in reality shows. She says she grew up sheltered and ran away from home at age 17. That, to me, is very interesting. Christine says she has an eighth-grade education. Her parents pulled her out of school because her mom has been sick her whole life. They tried to homeschool her. She went to an alternative school with her kids who were running drug rings. She then learned street smarts. She never graduated. Dude, I want the Christine Quinn story now. My God. This seems like a whole 21 Jump Street. Like, Netflix needs to option this. Uh, she says she eats a lot of, she eats a lot of soda. Well, you should drink soda, Red Bull and cheeseburgers because her parents didn't let her eat junk food growing up. Uh, while bartending, she got a sugar daddy. He opened her eyes to a world of luxury and dongs. Uh, she says she calls the Oppenheim group a cult. I can see that. She says Adam DeVello, who's the producer of that and the Hills saw their billboard and offered them a show, said no one wanted to do it. She said she was chosen to be the villain. She said she was told it would be a show about women empowerment. I don't know if she was, I I don't know. See, this is like, I just, once you kind of put yourself out there as a villain, it's kind of hard. You question a lot of things because I, I, she does it well. I mean, she does it well. The show isn't strong enough to really let a villain take off, take off because it just makes no sense in so many ways that show. So it's hard to be a real villain because you can't get into the minutia of anything on selling sunset. She says people who make fan pages are her best friends and have her personal cell. Yeah, shit. Like I have her cell. She says bribery was a fake storyline in this last season. Um, <clears throat> so Alex brings up Spencer's TikTok exposing the Hills. Yeah. Spencer Pratt is on TikTok doing uh, what is it the the thrills or the hill but he's doing his normal Spencer Pat thing which I think is pretty genius a lot of the times and also today or this uh, yesterday and today yesterday it was announced that not only the hills but Jersey Shore are going to have reboots so they're going to start over with an entirely new cast now the cast of Jersey Shore are furious and have all done social media posts saying we do not want this we do not approve of this because really it dilutes their brand you're then saying you're then turning Jersey Shore into the real world instead of these are the only people that we associate with Jersey Shore. You make it like then a franchise. That's what they're doing with like Selling Sut- selling Sunset OC or selling, you know, but they're doing that with the Hills as well. And Spencer goes, that's fine. You know, he said, I'm putting it out there on my vision board to host the after show, which I think he would be great at. Uh, or I think he should do like a boot camp with these people before they film to like teach people how to do it. But the Jersey Shore thing, I think, is fascinating because you see these group of people come together to be like, no, this is our thing. And, uh, you know, I'm one of those people that still tape Jersey Shore family vacation. And when I'm feeling like 
like you know, just on an off day, I'll just have it on all day. You know, I consider those guys family. I've, I mean, I watched the first night that came out on MTV, and you know, those are the cool. We haven't had a reality show like that in a while, right? You guys know what I'm talking about. If you watch Jersey Shore, it was so special, right? Like I remember that first night turning to my ex, we and and I was I remember we had come home from like a holiday party, I think, if I'm correct, and and look, I'm going like, was that amazing? Like I remember, go, I want the second episode now. I believe it was, it, it was just really good and really different, but at the same time familiar because you know we had seen stuff like that, like the real world. But it was just it brought you into a new world, which is when these shows really work. This is what they do best by showing us behind the scenes of a world we didn't exist. But then we still, you know, we know what friendship is. We know what being attracted to a girl or a guy is. So you have those entrance points in these reality shows. Um, she says season five was filmed in one month and that the show has six storyboard writers. Now, what a storyboard writer is, you guys, is they storyboard out the shots because remember, this is very well lit and each shot would be like, okay, over the shoulder and you would see like a, a drawing of one of the characters and what it would look like. So storyboard means it is very planned out. Like that's what they do on movies. Uh, she says she's the highest paid person on the show. She says Adam DeBello has multiple complaints against him. Uh, Adam told her to fall down the stairs and kill yourself. He screamed in her face for being too honest. Ah, man, that's a big accusation. She says Heidi Montag has filed a complaint against Adam DeVello for sexual misconduct. That's huge because wouldn't Spencer be saying that all over the place? She plays a scene where they doctored this scene where Heather says Christine accused Chrishell of cheating on her husband with Jason and Christine reacting. Yeah, I don't doubt that they doctor these shows and edit these shows. We know that. She said fans of the show threatened her and her baby's life. She had a break in recently, like Dorit. Christine says she didn't bribe anyone. She says she terminated her contract and was already working for her and her husband's brokerage. She was not fired. Neither was Jax Taylor. She says two days before the reunion, she tested positive for COVID. She was cleared to film the commercial two days later, which is kind of weird. Like, if you want to watch her say this yourself, she does it on Watch What Happens Live again. And Andy's kind of like, really? Huh. That doesn't. Okay. Like, you could just tell he doesn't believe it. It's I love when Andy will do that. Like, oh. But you then do that? Huh. Okay, then. Like, he, you know, he. I love when he does stuff like that. Uh, if she had a chance, she would clear up things between herself and Heather. Uh, says seashells, a.k.a. Chriselle turned the women against her seashells. <laughs> says her husband and her have a new brokerage, been working on that for 1.5 years. So that was Call Her Daddy. Thanks to uh, Maditza for taking those notes. Uh, uh, yeah, if anybody ever listens to podcasts and wants to take notes and like, oh, you should cover this on the show, just send it to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey at gmail.com. But uh, that's cool. Like those are the kind of interviews I would love to get one day. Uh, call her daddy, Alexandra Cooper. She's wild. Like she's getting like, what she has like a $60 million, something like, like talk about right place, right time. Like right at that podcast boom during the pandemic, like so many things fell into place for that. But it's interesting. The people that she interviews now seems to kind of all be on this like kind of villainesses or like villains at one point in life. And they're on the other, they're trying to get to the other side of that. Am I, am I saying that correctly? Um, I don't know. So anyways, let's get into Beverly Hills. <laughs> By the way, also, I do know my Lisa Rinna is intense. Guess what? Have you heard the real Lisa Rinna? And also, if you're just joining us, I understand these are not um, these are not exact 
replications of their voices. These are my interpretation of, these are what they inspire me to do, just like you'll have a different uh, iteration of their voices than I will. But this is how I see them. And Lisa is just getting uglier and uglier to me. So by the end of it, it's going to be like, how dare you? This is a clean show. <laughs> Still no Kathy Hilton. We uh, Episode two, no Kathy Hilton. I think we do not need to worry at all because if you remember this time when they were filming, we saw some of these events on Instagram and stuff and Kathy was renegotiating her contract. Remember, she didn't sign in. Like, we've actually talked about it on this show where I was like, oh, great. So she's only going to be in the last third of the season. So don't expect Kathy for unless they edit things in a very weird way, which these shows do. Don't expect her for at least a couple more episodes, at least unless they try to find a way to like throw like a stock footage of like, hey, Kathy's in the shitter, but she's definitely here. <laughs> Kathy's taking a nasty poo, but she's here. Um, okay, so this episode two is entitled, this is a great title, you guys. This I really did, I did like this title. It's, a, it's called Receipt Offender. Receipt offender. What could that possibly? Let's put our thinking caps on. What could receipt offender mean? Now, offend, we know, is to offend, to, to make something, like to offend someone, to do what Lisa Rinna does on a weekly basis. Receipt is, now, correct me if I'm wrong, receipt is something, if you buy goods or services or sundries, you will get a receipt for said goods. And uh, that's what a receipt is for goods and services offered. So a receipt offender. So maybe it's somebody that did something offensive with the receipt. Maybe it's who knows, you know, going into this, I'm like, what could it possibly be? But we also know with housewives, they always produce receipts. You know, you got to get the show the receipts. So that's a very housewife centric thing. So then you go, oh, I bet it's something to do with like somebody proving something. And wait, didn't last week we 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 had the whole Elton John fundraiser, which, by the way, thanks to Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, we finally did it. I think I'm starting to hate Elton John. <laughs> like, like literally Elton John's like, please don't uh, diet coke. Nope. He's like, please don't mention me anymore. Please, 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 please don't mention me. Um, we also meet Diana Jenkins finally this episode. And if you don't like, if you follow her Instagram, which you should, it's a, it's a, it's a journey on there. And she had, uh, I mentioned this yesterday, Elton John and David Furnish, uh, uh, Elton's husband. They had it like, sorry, we couldn't be there at Beverly Hills to watch your debut, Diana. But you know, we're so proud of you for being on this reality show, Diet Coke. Um, and so Elton John truly is friends with this woman. Now, Diana Jenkins seems like she's real money. And I got to tell you right off the bat, I said this today. I said, Diana Jenkins in one episode has already provided for me more story, more heart. Uh, and I say that in a loose way, but like shared more in this episode than Erica Jane has in seasons. She's been pretty open. She's uh, participated. We got to meet her boy toy. We got to meet her fam. Like we got to meet her baby. We got to hear her story coming from Bosnia, going to London, you know, being extremely poor to extremely wealthy. We got a lot. And I got to tell you, I liked it. I dig it. I can't wait to learn more about Diana Jenkins. And she's ridiculous. She's kind of what we like in Housewives. But do you see the difference between that and Erica Jane where everything's 
playing close to the vest. I'm not going to tell you nothing. Hey, hey, I'm acting jank. You know, there's a difference. It's like I don't it's it's good to to learn about these people that we spend our time with. Um so we got our taglines finally this week and it's all the taglines we talked about last week. It sounds all weirdly recorded. I feel like they need to get all in a room and record them together cuz it just it all sounds like they're in a closet. Erica Jane's is especially weird cuz she's like I'm and that makes me dangerous. <laughs> she looks possessed in in the opening. You gotta go like she's an I don't know if this is the SSRI, the the depression medication mixed with the alcohol, but she's on one tonight. She's like <laughs> she's doing that like <laughs> like I'm I'm giggling up. <laughs> I like when she goes from totally dead talking to <laughs> I hate you too. <laughs> She'll just add these extra like, <laughs> like the voice goes. <laughs> so, oh my God. Brittany's Weight Watchers. I have the TV playing on the background because I just, when I record, I just have Beverly Hills playing in the background and Beverly uh, and uh, Jenny Craig, the Brittany Cartwright, Jenny Craig commercial came up and it's when she's like, Hey, you, you look great. <laughs> Thanks, Brittany. I lost 22 pounds on Weight Watchers. Good for you. And it's old her talking to new her, but like 22 pounds lesser. I don't know, but it's running all over the place. So I think it's hysterical because it's like funny because you're like, you're like, oh, Brittany's Brittany's bringing in the money in that household. And Jax knows it. You know, it probably just eats him alive. Um. Last week, Rinna, we had the scene that just drove me over the edge in the first five minutes where Rinna was talking to Erica about Sutton going on Watch What Happens Live. She was like, I was watching it trying to support my friend. <laughs> I thought she looked gorgeous. And uh, and then, you know, she said, I didn't pay for my Elton John H fundraiser ticket. And you know, I was like, don't come for me on national TV with your bullshit. <laughs> and... Rina's just such a, you, you know, I'm trying to really nail it into you guys. The fact that Rina confides in Erica Jane should tell you more, should tell you everything that you need to know. That should tell you everything that you need to know. It's different than coming to somebody like Dorit's defense with her home invasion and like, hey, I want to be around you. Like, it, it's it's just a combination. It's a terrible twosome. The gruesome twosome. It's not good. Um, and then, of course, we had the horrific scene, but also weirdly legendary of Sutton and Kyle talking. And Kyle's crying, looking out a window. I'm like, oh, they, my our friend Dorit, they just did it. <laughs> and Sutton's like, I've been footing fires out all day, too, I say. I say, sorry I wasn't held at gunpoint. Jeez. <laughs> It's like, oh yeah, it really was an awful thing. But then Sutton, you know, we find out more about it in this one. And Kyle does some wild moves. If you think of Housewives as gameplay, Kyle's playing a wild game. I don't know really her motive. But Kyle, it's interesting. It's one of these things that they fell into later in the season, last season. But they're already doing it. It's like, don't do this Fox Force 5 bullshit. Don't like leave your options open. I wish producers would tell these ladies at the beginning, tell all the franchises, 
leave your options open. Don't come in with solid grudges, solid, like you can have it, but like try to leave the options open in the beginning. And that way you can truly take stock and see, you know, where to go. But like Kyle already seems like she's against Sutton and it's just gross. It doesn't help Kyle the way that she, Kyle thinks she's looking like a hero half the time and it's never had her looking like the hero ever, you know? So, uh, we start the opening and it is two days, you guys, after the horrific break in the home invasion at Dorit's. And we see like the window boarded up that they broke into. We see Winnie Dorit's dog running around. Huge flower arrangements are being brought in. Now, huge flower arrangements are amazing. Like the Kardashians, like I say, really use up most of the flowers in California. So it was cool that whoever sent those to Dorit found some to send to Dorit. But do you, I mean, ladies, do you, do you ever go, I'd like the money? Like it would be, what, what, I mean, some of these that are like, that that had to cost $500, you know? Like I could buy some vinyl records. I could put it in savings. Like, you know, like do you, do you guys ever, or are you just supposed to be like, oh yeah, I want those, like cause the flowers, they just look so expensive and it's like pretty, but you could do one, of, you know, like on the TV when you put that fireplace up at Christmas, so it looks like, you know, the fire's crackling and you're like, you know, like when you don't have a fireplace, you put that on the old TV. I feel like they should, they could do that with flowers much cheaper. So, uh, we, uh, we see that Winnie is barking at, uh, Todd, their personal security guard. And, uh, where was Todd that night, by the way, like all of a sudden they were like personal security guard. I'm like, where was their personal security guard that night? We see little Jagaloo, Jagga, age seven. I'm Jagaloo. <laughs> he's just like reading by he's like peaceful like this you know not shook up at all because he's fucking jagaloo dude this kid knows like and also like we saw last week these kids are working on karate the by the end of the season i swear to god they will kill a man with their bare hands her and uh jagger and the other one um so pk is like uh pk goes come talk to me baby come come here come here come talk to me you know to dorit and he's like, the DA personally contacted me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Says, I want to pros- prosecute the case, huh? And Dorit's like, I spent beep boop 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 five hours on the phone going through everything, every detail of that night. It's important to have them have their their interviews and their interventions with this. It's important to let them do their work. And PK goes, oh, oh, let me shut the doors so the kids don't hear. And PK goes, it's the maddest thing. The kids don't even ask about the security guards downstairs, who they are or what they're doing here. <laughs> he goes, it's an amazing thing. These kids acclimate, you know. And he's like, you're the best decompartmentalizer I've ever seen, Dorit. You are. And Dorit's like, <laughs> this is, I was, Dorit goes, my father was a paratrooper in the Israeli army. Beep, boop, boop, beep, boop. And I heard that. I was like, of course he was. I was, I was watching this with the biggest smile on my face. Cause I was like, oh, like more of Dorit's history is being filled in. Like, of course your father was a paratrooper in the Israeli army. Highly trained. She says, we see pics of her father. She's like high pressure, chaotic. He always taught me to stay calm. You can get through anything, Dorit. Beep, boop, 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 boop. And uh, 
Dorit P3O says, uh, we see a f- shot of her at age two. She has a little machine gun. No, she's just like a cute little two-year-old. And he's like, stay calm. You can get through anything. And I just was like, I then started my mind. It's just like, and then I start daydreaming like Walter Mitty. And I'm like, just talking. I'm just like daydreaming about Dorit training with the Israeli army of like, do a hundred push-ups with the Israeli army, please. Now do puppies. <laughs> I have 60 jumps out of airplanes into the jungles of Cambodia. <laughs> Look at this. It's a necklace of skulls. Each skull is a man I killed. And she tells this batshit story, you guys. She's like, he was standing over me, screaming. She's recounting to PK. She's like, because there was like a bee flying around the house. And she's, she she's, she no sorry that's no she's recounting the story of them breaking in that night she's like he was standing over me don't effing lie to me or I'll kill you and she goes it reminded me of when I was a six year old girl there was a bee flailing around and it made me flail and my father said don't flail if you don't flail the bee bee boop 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 will leave you alone Dorit little Dorit and Rico's so I learned to stop, to not flail my arms and scream. My father said that bee will leave me alone. And wouldn't you know it, the bee did leave me alone. And he goes, she goes, I'll always remember my dad picked up the bee by the wings. And I've never been afraid of bees after that. Bee boop, 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 boop. <laughs> it's like, your dad picked up a bee by its wings? Alive? <laughs> like, I'm sorry, man. I would not mind if, like, these shows were half reality and then half, like, reenactments. Like, would love to see it. I would love to see the Dorit dad bee scene. Like, that is in the Lifetime movie of the Dorit Kemsley story that I am writing. But then I also just was just like the the training of the Israeli arm. Because then I was like, oh my God, what if we did like that Liam Neeson movie, Taken, where, you know, we had Dorit like go hunt down these purses. And, and I just like, what if she is a badass like it seems like she could be a badass like that and she's just going all around los angeles and alley's like have you seen my purses and then like you know she's calling like random things and then she finally gets one of the people on the phone she's like i don't know what you want if you're looking for a ransom for my purses i can tell you i don't have money but what i do have are a very particular set of skills skills i have acquired over a very long career Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. If you let my purses go now, that'll be the end of it. But if you don't, just know I will find you and I will kill you. Beep, boop, 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 boop. <laughs> that, of course, was the monologue from Taken by Liam Neeson. I just changed the one line from Daughter to purses uh so pk is like you know hey i gotta say i hate to say we were lucky 
but we were lucky. Somebody's looking us over, looking over us from a higher place. And I was like, it's probably your fucking dad in the Israeli army. And he, PK gives a little kiss to the sky, like to the, this is for the big man. Huh? <laughs> all right. All right. Um, PK says, you're tougher than you're, t- I can't do it. I can't do this. I, you're tougher than me. You handled this way better than me, Dorit. And Dorit goes, you know, I want to go out, get dressed up, be working again. And I'm like, be working? Do you mean film your reality show? We, um, PK goes, it was sweet of Rena to say she would cancel Harry's 70th birthday for us. And we get a flashback of last week when PK's like, no, Rena, don't cancel. In my faith, we never cancel a happy occasion for a sad occasion, which I think is pretty cool. It's called a Simka. Um... And PK literally goes, if we don't celebrate Harry's B-Day, then the home invaders win. (laughs) If we don't celebrate Harold Hamlin, these home invaders win. (laughs) If I don't have three Bud Lights tonight, these home invaders, they win. We cut to Lisa, I'm a troll, Rinna. Over at Republic, and she's wearing those damn ugly yellow tinted big ass Elton John sunglasses. Somebody must have told her. She must have saw them on somebody she admired, and she looks like a she looks like. I mean, what she looks like like a seventies porn star, like with the hair and the just. It's all too much. I was like, are you a a movie producer in the seventies? Are you about to grab my ass and like try to get on the casting couch? It's too much. Just huge-ass sunglasses, uh, you know. And Kyle comes in. It's this restaurant, Republic. It's actually really nice. I really like it in Los Angeles. And uh, they're both wearing masks. They take off their masks. And I, at this point, I was just like, dude, let's ask Rena to take those fucking glasses off. I, if I sat down and I was Kyle, I'd be like, hey, right before we start this scene, would you take the glasses off? It really scares us. It scares everybody around. Kids are hiding from you. She is that extreme personality that I bet kids hide from. You know those people when you were a kid that you're like, you you know, like you were around them. You're like, oh, this is too weird for me when you were a kid. Like your parents had one of those friends. It was like too, too loud or too weird. And uh, just like, it was like, oh, and then, you know, like that kind of energy I would always want to stay away from. And uh, Kyle uh, orders tomato soup and grilled chicken salad. And she goes, Anna Chardonnay. Like, could that be the most basic order? I mean, like, all good things. But also, together, we're talking tummy issue central. Like, a little grilled chicken tomato soup with a nice buttery Chardonnay. Toot, toot, toot. And Rena goes, I'll take a Chardonnay too, please. And she screams it. She goes, I'll take a Chardonnay too, please. Like, really loud. And I wish... Like this poor waiter, you can see his ears are bleeding. And I just wish people would call it out in the scene of the waiter been like, damn, I'm right here. I Do you want it? So you want a Chardonnay? Okay, well, let's bring it down. There's people around us. And Rena goes, I have to, Kyle, Kyle, I have to congratulate you. You're in the number one film in the country. <laughs> and she, of course, is talking about the Academy Award uh, movie Halloween Kills. And uh, it debuted on Peacock and in theaters. And it was the number one movie that weekend. I saw I think we all saw it. It was, you know, it was good. Kyle is not a bad actor. In fact, I was talking about this on Bravo While Black today is that 
the only because Kyle said today, I don't know if I want to come back to the show. It's always so much drama. And I'm like, sure. Which, by the way, it's interesting that that comes out like the week that the Mauricio cheating rumors come back up, you know, which I'm like, she'll definitely get off the show before those fully come out. But uh, I also said that it's interesting. Those Mauricio cheating rumors come out. And Mauricio is so beloved by the Bravo audience that half the people I talked to are like, ah, let him cheat. He's a good guy. <laughs> you know, it's like with Randall Emmett, people were like, destroy him. But Mauricio, everybody likes. So they're like, ah, you know, he does a lot. He's doing good. He's a breadwinner. You know, like, ah, let him do his thing. Even the people that have made these accounts and like Reddit, I've read these for years now. Like, I remember reading one that kind of shocked me because the person was just like over the moon was like he was a gentle lover amazing what a nice man and i'm like how often do you see it? like it's just like this guy when he's even like super bad allegedly people just love him like you know like it's, it's a truly what a gift mauricia what a gift but uh i was saying like the only way I could ever see Kyle leaving the show is if she actually booked her own TV show, which is possible. Kyle's a better actor than Rinna. Kyle's a better actor than all of Kyle's a better actor than Garcelle. Kyle, I mean, truly, Kyle is the best actor in this Beverly Hills cast. I really, really do believe that. I think she actually is very good at it. Did you see that little Peacock holiday movie? What was it, the 12 Days of Christmas that came out? She was cute in that. She's good. Um so uh, Rinna's like, I got to congratulate you. <laughs> uh, and you can just tell Rinna's like, I've never been in a movie. What's it like? And Kyle's like, the director said I'm in the next one, which she's already filmed. And she's like, Kyle, <laughs> that's a huge deal. It's really exciting. Rinna says in that fake bullshit way of like, it's really exciting. Hey, Kyle, look at me. Kyle, it's really exciting. <laughs> and we cut to... Uh, Lady M, which is, it's legendary because this is where the pancake cake from, uh, last season. Remember the pancake cake when we all went to Kyle's house in Palm Springs and that's when like Erica came in with that little like, oh, look at me, look at my life and like put that, her head to her, uh, her hand to her head. It was like, oh, oh, like a forties movie star. And that was that trip where the pancake cake brought, got brought out by Sutton. And I got to tell you, I a listener sent me a pancake cake, and it was delicious. It's a crepe cake, actually, not pancakes. I talked about this. Where did I talk about this on the show or on the 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 Patreon live last night? I don't, guys. I'm forgetting where I say things half the time now. So I'm so sorry if I've said this multiple times on here. But in my head, a pancake cake. Like I just wanted it to be a bunch of pancakes on top of each other, but this was much more our art. It was a bunch of tiny crepes on top of each other. But anyways, they're testing out the new peach cobbler pancake cake, which looks awesome. And uh, son's like, I brought Lady M cake to the desert last year. I'll say, I'll say. And we see the flashback of that and Rena going, that's freaking gorgeous. Like stroke face. She's like, that's freaking gorgeous. <laughs> so it's 20 layers of handmade crepes. And Sutton says, I called it a pancake cake. I'll say, I'll say, all these people, all my friends asking me, you know, what is this pancake cake? You know, the thing is, they aren't pancakes. <laughs> they aren't, they're crepe. They're crepes. Or she goes, in America, we say crepes. I'll say, I'll say, asking me for the recipe, how like I make it, it comes from this place. So Sutton and Crystal eat, eat and they make a quick joke about like, oh, it's, uh, Crystal's like, have you 
seen Erica lately and son's like, yeah, we're old friends. I brought her over coffee and croissant. <laughs> and uh, they both love the peach cobbler uh, pancake cake. They're like, mmm, mmm. So we cut back to Rinna and Kyle at Republic and Rinna said, oh, Kyle asks Rinna, how is Erica Jane doing? She's like, good. <laughs> you know, it's good. It's, it's, it's good that it's not in the headlines every day. <laughs> Erica's stuff. And we get a flashback to Rinna uh, from last week talking to Erica Jane. And Erica's like, the three ladies, uh, Sutton, Garcelle, and Crystal, they did an LA Times article, an interview that was actually really good. We talked about it on this podcast uh, when it first came out. But she's like, the three ladies of the LA Times, uh, I guess they're, uh, it bothers me that they're talking about it still, you know. Salt Sun's whole regurgitation of uh, all of my stuff. Didn't you get it out of your system already? Why are you always talking about me, Erica Jane? And which is just so fascinating how pressed Erica is. Erica tries to get everybody to not talk about her by bullying and intimidation. That's that's her whole game thing. And listen, dork, when something this big happens, of course they're going to talk about you. It does die down, but like the fact that you would fault them for like talking about this is wild because the article was not just about that, but listen, this was one of the most major news stories in uh, reality TV, but all in like the 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 state bar of California. I mean, the state bar is forever changed because of this woman's husband, of all the criminal activity that he uh, that the state bar allowed him to do. That they were a part of it. You guys don't understand. Like the the just the implications of everything that happened is wild. And when it goes, I'm not grilled with Shutton. <laughs> I'm not grilled with her. I watch what happens live, you know, about the charity thing. <laughs> and there's a flashback again of the, uh, I never got a thank you for taking Rena and Harry Hamlin to Elton John's aid fundraiser. I'll say, I'll say. And, uh, she says, uh, to bring myself and Harry into it? That's a choice you make. That's a choice you make. Then we cut to Sutton, back to Sutton and Crystal, and she's like, I really didn't know, you know, that they didn't know about the tickets. I didn't want to hurt Lisa Renna. We get a flashback then of Renna uh, from Watch What Happens, Andy going, Rinna's just responded because she obviously watches Watch What Happens Live because that's the state of her life, has responded that Elton has indeed invited us every year. And son's like, I adore Lisa. I don't want ill will over this. I'm sorry I brought it up, I'll say, I'll say. And then we get back to uh, Lisa and Kyle's scene, and Lisa's like, Harry, Harry sent her a text and said, Shutton, we've been going to this event as guests of, of Elton for years and years, and I don't know what you're doing, but whatever it is, you need to stop. And then she tells Kyle, Shutton never responded. <laughs> and she does. She laughs. She laughs like a choice. <laughs> now, do we really think, knowing the Harry that we see on TV, that Harry of his own volition was like, I'm very offended what I'm hearing my wife say about Sutton. I don't personally watch Watch What Happens Live. And Lisa pretty much has told me to use all my connections to get her into events for years and years. But I, right now, am very offended. I mean, don't you kind of think it was more like Rena was like, Harry, wake up. <laughs> they just shed our names on Watch What Happens Live. And at first I was so 
excited. <laughs> but then I realized it was negative. Harry, I need you to get your razor phone out. And you text Sutton and say, No, this is Harry Hamlin. <laughs> Don't do this. It just seems very out of character for every every scene we've seen Harry do is like been the politest. Like Harry is just one of those weird artist dudes. Like I think he truly is. He thinks of himself as an artist, and I think he kind of is. Like, he's he's a real actor, man. Like, he really works his craft. I have nothing bad to say about Harry. I love people that, like, lean into their weirdness, and I think that's why this relationship works for them, because Rinna allows him to be weird, and Rinna is truly the weird one. Um, which we got to talk about the, the rats in a second, too. Wait, did I do that whole bit on last night's show? I probably did. My God, my memory. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I gotta tell you, the quality is great. Because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos, and versatile flow-knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. We'll be back to the show in just one second. Now is the part of the show that I love the most when we get to talk about our sponsors. We have a returning sponsor this week. That's right. It's our friend over at Rothy's. Now, if you remember, Rothy's sent me a killer pair of shoes and they have this huge selection of shoes now they have tons of women's shoes and they knock it out of the park according to my women friends and according to my own eyes but they also have really awesome men's shoes so i just want to get that out of the way if you're looking to get something for your husband your boyfriend your son whoever they really do have dope dope men's shoes the kind of men's shoes where i was like i want a second pair of rothy's for myself and they have like these cool computer bags and like <laughs> backpacks and stuff and i was like wow this is amazing i want more of this stuff but they're really known for uh their women's shoes and i have a primarily female audience so i want to let you guys know if you don't know about rothy's um i have gotten three compliments wearing my shoes one time one time folks i went to vegas and i got compliments on them and it was awesome do you know how cool it is to get compliments 
literally makes your day. In fact, there's a challenge. Give somebody you know a compliment today. In fact, give me a compliment today. How about that? But it felt great. And that's three compliments on one shoes. I kept thinking, like, what if I got, what if I got three pairs of shoes? Like, I would get, you know, nine compliments. Uh, basically, you could get compliments, too. That's what I'm saying. Um, they say, have you seen someone wearing a colorful pair of flats and thought, dang, those are cute. I've not said that, but I have said I think girls do look cute in flats. But I have not said that to them. Um, but anyways, these people that you thought they had cute flats, they might have been Rothy's. Uh, they're the perfect shoes for commuting, traveling. Everyone notices them. They're known uh, for their chic pointed toe flats, but that's just the beginning. They have tons, and I do mean tons, of iconic head-turning designs in bright but sophisticated colors. Plus, Rothy's work great with every outfit. I can even say that for mine. Uh, I can put them with a lot of different things once I know how to dress better. Uh, you can wear them with yoga pants or dress them up for a night out, and they really are very, very comfortable. The flats feel almost like a slipper, I'm told, and as soon as you take your first step, you think, ah, okay, I get I like like this. Rothy's takes sustainability to the next level. This is the thing that I really, really love, you guys. All their products, get this, are knit with thread made from plastic water bottles. Like, I'm not joking. That's actually true. They've repurposed around 125 million water bottles so far. That That's incredible. Like, I've always wanted to know where the water bottles go, and this is cool. If people are doing stuff out there with them like this, we got to support. Um, like I said, I am over the moon about the pair of shoes that I have. Just the comfortability. Uh, they've kept clean and they are washable, I know, when they get dirty, which I know on me, they definitely will. But it's just a stylish pair of shoes. And as somebody that has always struggled with style, it is nice to know this is finally something that I have that I can add to or I'm proud to say makes me have style. So... Your new favorite shows, your new favorite shoes are waiting. Your new favorite shows are waiting too, actually, on Bravo. New favorite shoes are waiting. Discover the versatile styles you can wear absolutely anywhere and get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com forward slash so bad. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash so bad for $20 off your first order. Give them a try, folks. And now back to the remaining portion of our show. If anybody listens on a daily basis, can they like make quick notes about little things I mentioned? Because <laughs> I'm little legitimately, I just want like, did I mention all the Lisa Rinna rat tweets from last night? I know I did a TikTok about it. Everything's blending. My God, I I'm not gonna bring it up because I think I talked about it yesterday. Anyways, so <clears throat> Lisa said Harry sends this text. Rinna laughs. And in a talking head, Rena's like, Shatin's always talks about reputation and character. You know, but she's going to do that to Harry and make him look bad. <laughs> I love like Harry is like, don't, we don't talk about the husband hands off when it gets to Harry. It's too much. Like Harry's a big boy, dude. Like Harry is a man, dude. Like I don't think anything throws Harry Hamlin. This guy makes his own bolognese from scratch. And she's like, it's one thing to involve me, but Harry. Harry, no, ma'am. No, no, ma'am. You fucked with the wrong one here. <laughs> the fact that Rinna's like, you fuck, like, Rinna, lay off the Adderall. You fucked with the wrong, 
Listen, it must be a mix-up. But this whole thing started because you said Garcelle didn't thank Harry enough for the Bolognese. Remember, Harry gave Garcelle the Bolognese because he liked. she liked it at the birthday party, sent her home with some. Garcelle said thank you to Harry in person, but then Lisa hopped up Garcelle's ass last season and said, you didn't send Harry a, te- a text thank you. It was inappropriate. And so this is how that started. And Garcelle was like, I thanked him in person. She's like, that's not enough. So that's why Sutton brought this up on Watch What Happens Live, because she's like, well, I got to say, I never got a thank you from Lisa for having her and Harry at my table, I say, I say. And by the way, that's what that was Sutton's experience. So she brought it up, and all of a sudden, Lisa's like, "How dare you?" When in reality, Rinna, if you're confident, go, "That must be a mistake." Of course, I would thank you. That is very. I'm so sorry you've spent all of this time not because when Garcelle found out about the Bolognese, she was like, "Um, okay, well." I'm sorry about that. And remember, when Harry Hamlin was on Watch What Happens Live, he said to Andy, when he brought it up about the Bolognese and, and Garcella, he was like, oh, oh, yeah, no, she thanked me in person. It was all good. Like, Harry did not seem aware of half of the shit that Lisa stirs up. And that's what cracks me up. Because you know she is going behind his back just saying wild stories in Harry Hamlin's name. You know? Um, Lisa says... Um, Kyle goes, oh, well, I'll bring the popcorn at Harry's birthday tonight. And she's like, Harry will avoid this conversation at all costs. You know, he's not like that, (laughs) you know, but that's very stupid. She should have kept her fucking mouth shut, Rinna says. Like, she's cursing like a sailor. Like, this is about an AIDS fundraiser. Are you out of your gourd? We uh, get to a... uh, new scene where everybody's getting ready for Harry Hamlin's big party. Now we're at Rinna's little uh, uh, shack and there's Adam, the makeup artist, Harry Hamlin pops in and Rinna goes, Harry, he goes, we're celebrating Harry's birthday tonight. And I was like, wait, what did you tell the makeup artist he was doing in the first place? Like, just, just give me the old razzle dazzle just for walking around the house. <laughs> like, she just she goes, oh, by the way, we're celebrating Harry's birthday tonight at the Andage Hotel. And uh, and the Adam's like, oh, well, happy birthday, Harry. And he goes, is this a happy one? And he goes, well, you're alive. And he's like, oh, okay. And, uh, okay. And I got to tell you, I said this, I think, on the the patreon yesterday was that it really seems like lisa's potentially made harry feel guilty about turning 70 like we've had somebody like harry's turning 70 he always promised me he wouldn't (laughs) but now he is it's crazy he betrayed me he always said he would stay young at heart um so we also get brought up in the scene that Rinda goes, Diana Jenkins is coming. She's married to a banker from London, or she was. She's from Bosnia, and I met her through the Malibu girls, which I was like, tell me more about these Malibu girls, Rinna. Um, And then I was like, wait, does she mean like Yolanda Hadid and stuff? So uh, I guess she's known Diana since 2005. Also, Diana is 48, and she just had a baby at 47. And Harry goes, whoa and Rena goes yeah and she carried it <laughs> yeah i mean that's what yeah that's what i figured that meant so we cut to kyle getting ready for harry's 70th and kyle's like can you believe how good harry looks and i was like yeah 
I can believe it. He's always been a good-looking man. Men get, unfortunately for women, like like weirdly better looking with age. <laughs> so, sorry. Excuse me. Sorry, Brooke. That's my dog. Sorry. I'm sorry. Don't be mad at me. Go to business. Okay. So she goes, uh, yeah, like I can believe when good-looking people stay good-looking when they're older. Like to me, it's like, yeah, that's what good-looking is. You usually stay good-looking. Um we cut to Erica's little hole in the wall and Mikey is like, it looks like Mikey's like painted into the wall. It's such a, like a tiny cramped space from like, and this is another thing of like, yo man, maybe we shouldn't have this many people in there because a, you know, we question where are you getting the money to do it? B it looks super sad because they're in such a tight space that we just think about the big space you came from. C it doesn't come off like a victory story of like, look at you still paying out the ass for mediocre makeup and looks like, you know, and my, Mikey's like, yeah, girl, should we give him the razzle-dazzle tonight? And I was like, they said, and then they go, Mikey, creative director. I'm like, you're still creative directing? What are we creative directing at this point? And Mikey's like, maybe if the conversation is boring, you like, they they show this leather outfit she's going to wear. And uh, Erica's like, yeah, maybe if the conversation's boring, Mikey, I'll put that turtleneck over my face. And everybody laughs because they're paid to. And Mikey's like, it's so small. Do we do we need it? <laughs> I don't even know what that meant. We cut to Rinna and Harry getting into the Andaz Hotel. Uh, I've I've actually swam at the Andaz Hotel and the it's really it's really nice. So Rinna is uh do you guys remember Big Bird from Sesame Street? I don't want to offend Big Bird because Big Bird's always been great to me, but Rinna looks like a cross between that and Curious George's uh friend, the man with the yellow hat. Like there's a lot of yellow motifs. It really truly looks like Bird Big Bird just like threw up everywhere. And you know, and then my buddy Kendrick uh, he has the uh, podcast as well that I love. He uh, he said that looked like the Jim Carrey from The Mask of like smoking. <laughs> so she's just very yellow. That's you know looks like jaundice. And you know they get there first, and Harry's like, okay, we can do the placements of all the seating. Okay, okay, this looks great. And then Harry's like, well. That means Sutton's all the way down at the end of the table. You know, that's because they're, you know, doing placement. And Rinna goes, guess what I want you to do. I'm telling you, Rinna wears the big old yellow pants in this family. Like, Harry does not, I don't think Harry's very aware of anything. Because Rinna's like, that's where she's going to shit, Harry. Rinna on a talking head says, tonight's Harry's B-Day. And I'm like, sure, are you sure? She goes, I I don't want to bring this up tonight. With Sutton, because it's about Harry tonight. Harry must have asked her, you know, Harry wouldn't, you know, Harry doesn't want this. And then I started thinking, like, does Harry even know? Is it all made up? And the thing is, it's not made up. But with Rinna, you just think, like, whatever she thinks she's doing, I think has worked completely against her these last couple of seasons. And now her credibility is so shot and she is so reactive about small things that you think she's lying about everything. Because here's my note. I go, Lisa's a fucking liar. Like, I just wrote that out of the blue. Uh, PK is in a car with Kyle, Dorit, and Mauricio. And he's like, I'm so proud of my lady Dorit for coming, you know. And Kyle's like, me too. And Dorit goes, these girls, these girls, we're all at my house the next morning, even Teddy Mellencamp. <laughs> and Kyle goes, 
well, did did um, did Sutton come to you, Dorit? And Kyle is such a shitster. Be careful of the silent killers. And uh, Dorit's like, we have a friendship, but she wouldn't be racing over to my house. And Kyle's like, that's interesting because the day you got burglarized, she posted a Thirsty Thursday photo on Instagram. And we see that photo of her and her homosexual assistant. I think that's what she called. She's like... I'll say, I'll say, he's my homosexual assistant. We're having margaritas on a Thursday, Thursday, I'll say, I'll say. And um, PK's like, wait, what? Like, he's like listening intently. And he's like, yes, it looked like she was having the time of her life. And Kyle goes, perhaps I was annoyed because I had just seen her. And we cut to Sutton. And uh, she's in the car with Crystal, and Sutton's like, I feel for Dorit. I do, I do. We cut back to Dorit's car, and Dorit's like, what do you mean? She wasn't very sensitive to my situation? And Kyle is like, you know, Kyle goes, well, she came and said she had been putting out fires all day, too, because her designer wasn't able to come in from France. And Marisi goes, that's a big problem. <laughs> you tell his stone, he's like, whoa, that is... A big problem. And uh, Dorit's like, that's what you're saying right now? And then she goes, Kyle's like, yeah. And then she said, I'm sorry I didn't have a gun held to me. And it just didn't set well with me. And PK goes, oh, wish you hadn't told me that. And now I'm going to have to kill her. No, she's like, he goes, I wish you hadn't told me that. And I was like, why? What are you going to do, PK? Dude, you're not, what are you going to do? Give me a break. What are you going to come right up to Sutton and go, oh, I'll never take free seats at a Milton John fundraiser ever again from you. Erica gets there. She's in her black leather outfit. You know, I mean, listen, if I didn't dislike Erica, I'd say she looked good. But she's such an ass that I just don't see beauty anymore with her. Um, Harry sees Erica and he goes, it's been way too long. It's been way too long. And Harry says, uh. Now that your ex is out of the picture, I guess I'm the oldest. <laughs> and uh, he goes, I love this woman. I love I love this woman. And Rinna says to Erica, Gorge, you look gorge. And uh, uh, Erica goes, let's have a threesome. And I literally lost my lunch. I, I got up, immediately went to the bathroom. And when I came back, Garcelle had walked in. And Garcelle is in some kind of brown, like this is me describing fashion as I've, I'm really getting better at it. She's in this kind of brown zebra pattern leather number. She looks hot. We see some cleavage poking out. There's a skirt involved. It's I thought she looked really pretty. And Rena goes, wow, and then does that air kisses, big kiss, air kiss thing that girls do. And I got to say, I just really do like Harry Hamlin. I do. And... Garcelle brings Harry a gift and he goes, I didn't know we had gifts coming. And I was like, yeah, Erica, didn't know we had gifts coming. Where's your gift? She's like, uh, this is a gift certificate to the Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> it's $20 off on a Tuesday. Don't spend it all at once, stranger. <laughs> um, so Harry goes, uh, I notice on the menu tonight we're having spaghetti bolognese. And Garcelle, in a talking head, says, I'm scared of spaghetti sauce now. You know, I'm going right up to the chef and say, thank you, thank you, thank you for your sauce. Making fun of the fact that she didn't thank Harry enough, according to Rena. And Sutton comes in with Crystal now. 
And uh, Sutton goes, I would apologize right on the spot to Harry, but I'm going to take his cues. I do not want to cause problems, I'll say, I'll say. And Sutton kisses. Everyone's hugging. Sutton gives a very small wave to Erica. Crystal hug. Crystal comes in with Rob, her husband, Minkoff. Uh, just found out recently he directed The Lion King. <laughs> so uh, Sutton goes, oh, I walk away. Sutton's talking to Garcelle. She goes, I always feel small-breasted, I'll say, I'll say. She goes, I like Lisa because she is also small-breasted, Sutton says to Garcelle. And Sutton's like, oh, I don't know where I want to talk. Like, to the right is Rena, and to the left is Erica. And Garcelle's like, which one are you going to talk to? And uh, she's like, whichever one you go and talk to them with me with. And uh, she's like, Garcelle, don't put me between two people. Don't do that to me. And Garcelle's like, which way are you going to go? To the right or to the left? And Sutton's like, why am I always the one in the hot seat? I'll say, I'll say. We come back from commercial. Rob is hugging PK. And uh, PK PK's like, Rob, you going to get a martini tonight? And he's like, yes. <laughs> yeah, I am. Uh, Dorit, Dorit is like, um, goes up to Harry and she's like, I know you don't want to hug. Remember we all that like Harry took pandemic really seriously remember he had like all the kits he was red like i he dug like probably an escape hatch in his backyard in the garden uh had all the you know they had like the the pool with the potable water and harry's like no i'll hug you especially you after what happened erica's with kyle and she goes you smell so good what is that and Kyle's like, Baccarat. And she goes, I have it too, bitch. <laughs> That's why I know. <laughs> and this is when I was like, ooh, Erica's loosey-goosey tonight. She's like, I have it too, bitch. <laughs> it's like, when er whenever Erica laughs, I just feel like, oh my God, something's wrong. And Mauricio says to Harry, great birthday. And uh, Harry goes, is it? And he's like, yeah, man, 70, great birthday. Uh, Crystal says, we're talking about Diana Jenkins, who's about to walk in. She's like, Diana is a firecracker. And Garcelle says, what do I need to know about her to, uh, Crystal? And she goes, oh, this is when, uh, she walks in and she is with Asher, who is her, who is her fiance. And he looks, you know, he looks younger than her. He looks like a little, kind of like a little pippy squeak. I mean, like a little cute little kid. I don't know. He, he's 33. He's not young young but he's he's definitely young so asher brings this magnum of croatian wine he's like harry he's never met harry in his life he's one of those guys harry here's some croatian wine we brought back from this summer i go this is just wild because they met at some party or something and i'm like what's asher's financial situation like he has to be rich too because you don't you're not the one then a year into a relationship or however long carrying in the magnum and saying we brought this back from croatia this summer it's like you know not with your money you didn't you know what i'm saying like how like i need to know more about this relationship that's what makes housewives amazing i'm like i need to know more um, Rena says, you've never met someone quite like Diana Jenkins. <laughs> and she goes, I can't put your finger, you can't put your finger on her accent. Is it like Zsa Zsa Gabor, Greta Garbo, Marilyn Monroe, Marlena Dietrich? Her accent is part of her mystique. <laughs> and Crystal says, Diana has always had a reputation. You know, she's lived the high life. And then we see pics with Neil Patrick Harris. I'm like, oh, live the high life. Sir Neil Patrick Harris.
and TV's Doogie Hauser. She's like, she's hung with the Europe, uh, Glitterati, the Yachties, big, wealthy lifestyle she's led, Crystal says. And Crystal goes, Diana once said to me, what is so cute about you, Crystal, is that you're relatable and I am not. And Crystal's like, yeah. That's accurate. That's accurate. Which I love that. I love people who speak in like movie star quotes. Like, the thing about you is you are not as good as me. <laughs> uh, Diana meets Sutton for the first time, which I was like, ooh, keep an eye on this because in the preview, it looks like they have an argument at some point. And Sutton goes, Asha is quite dashing. He should be called Dasha. No, Sutton, he should be called Poopy Face. You're mine, Sutton. And if you think he's dashing, you'll never think I'm dashing. You'd be like, oh, Ryan, we should call him piece of shit. I say, I say. <laughs> but I was just like, this is who you, these little pipsqueak. All you girls, you like these little pipsqueak guys. That's not a masher, not a man. I can grow a better beard than Asher any day of the week, Sutton. If you're listening, I love you so much, Sutton. Please, please. One date, me, you. El Torito, please. Um, so, uh, also, cut your hair, Dasher. Clean it up a little bit. Come on. It's just messy. So the chef comes out. We're like, tonight we're having burrata salad, you know, and then a saffron risotto, is the, and then a spaghetti bolognese is the main, and then fresh berries and cream. And Harry's like, amazing. But I was like, they must be vegan. Because, like, who has spaghetti bolognese for the main course at a nice restaurant? Like, wouldn't you have, like, a nice filet or something? It has to, like... Like, or was Rena just trying to cut corners of like, Harry, they only have spaghetti at this place. I'm sorry. No meat. <laughs> and then fresh berries and cream. That always like makes me sad. Like it's good. And it's, it's good. Like fresh berries and cream. But it's like, I could put together fresh berries and cream. Like we want, like, what about a cheesecake? What about something fancier? What about like, you know, fresh berries and cream? It's like, it is always, and then it's like those edible arrangements where you want more pineapple, but it's always just cantaloupe. It's always just a huge chunks of melon. And you're like, damn, this shouldn't even, this should be called edible melon arrangements. It's just too much melon. Dorit goes, how lucky am I with the seat placement? I'm sitting to do handsome gentlemen. And PK's like, are you going to be uh, okay between two handsome guys? <laughs> Erica says to Rinna, are you going to introduce me? Because Rinna is sitting next to Diana Jenkins. And Erica literally smells money. She's like, I haven't smelled money like this in a while. And uh, so Erica says it with a smile. She goes, you got to introduce me? <laughs> like, you're just almost desperate, Erica. I'm like, huh, I've got rent to pay. <laughs> and Rena goes, oh, I can't believe. And Erica goes, I saw you like chatting. And then I was like, introduce me to this woman. <laughs> She's fabulous. And then Rena's like, Erica, Diana, Diana, Erica. <laughs> and she lets out a little squeal. And Erica, in a talking head, goes, Believe me, I've heard lots of stories about Diana Jenkins. And Diana at the table goes, she thinks I'm a gay man. <laughs> and Rina goes, I'm a gay man in a straight woman's body. <laughs> I was like, no, you're you're not. You're a straight woman with a gay man. <laughs> no, she's like, I'm a gay man in a straight woman's body. And it was so funny on Twitter. All my gay friends were like, never insult us like that ever again. You are not a gay man. 
in a straight woman's body. You are a straight woman with horrible style and really puffy lips. That's there's no gay man in there at all. In a talking head, Erica says, yeah, I want to charter a plane. I want to sail on a yacht. Erica Jenkins doesn't have quite the same ring to it. And it's just so sad because Erica's looking at Diana of like, this is what could, this is what could have been. I could have had a life like Diana Jenkins. I should be with Asha with a young stallion. Instead, I'm with Tom Gerardi in his memory home. I was promised so much. I want yachts and private planes and not a little casino in Van Nuys. It's the ballad of Erica Jane. The ballad of Erica Jane. Hey, Mikey, can you touch me up? Give me my Kylie Lipkin. <laughs> um, but it's really sad because you're like, oh, you really sense that Erica's like, that should be me. Um, PK goes, uh, he's talking. This is the wildest conversation. PK is going, talking to Rena. He's like, yeah, you know, they missed all, the robbers missed all the expensive jewelry. <laughs> this was a smash and grab. They only got purses and watches, you know, your 30 purchase. You know, that Cartier necklace? And <laughs> they didn't even grab it. It wasn't the Pink Panther. It was a smash and grab, you know? <laughs> and uh, she, uh, he goes, um, you know, I don't care about the fucking watches, you know. And Rena goes, no, you don't. Of course you don't. <laughs> and he's like, my most expensive watch was 60 grand. And Rena goes, you know what? That's nothing. And Erica goes, that's okay. And I'm like, I love all of these rich people. First off, also, this is what got you into that situation in the first place is, is showing off your wealth. Like, would you really ever say on national television after your fucking wife got held up that they were horrible at their jobs and they barely got anything? Because if I was watching that, I'd be like, this, okay, well, guess we're going back. We got a lot more stuff to grab. Like, I thought that was so ignorant. Even if it's true, it was so like, why tell us that? That's information you should keep to yourself you know, and then and then I also love when rich people are like, oh, 60 grand. I wipe my ass with that. Are you kidding? I burned 80 grand just the other day. Just I just set it on fire. I wanted to watch it burn. I have a destructive streak. It's weird. You know, like that's so wild. Like, oh, there's nothing. You know, 60 grand. I just fought it 60 grand. <laughs> and they're all laughing. Even Erica. I'm like, Erica, girl, what are you laughing at? Um, so, uh. Rinna turns to Diana Jenkins and goes, PK and Dorit were robbed. And Diana Jenkins is like, you know, I was, I was, I can't do her accent. You know, I was with Kim when she got robbed in Paris. So she's referring to Kim Kardashian. She was there the night, like she was there around the same time or at the same time that Kim got robbed in Paris, but she left the day before because she didn't feel safe. And Diana, she's like, I was talking, I, I got to find out how to do this accent. She's like, I was talking. 
I was talking about pulling a chair up a door. I I gotta I gotta work on I you know I have homework this weekend. I gotta learn to do the Diana Jenkins. But she's like, I put the ring under my doll, and they're like, uh, is this a rich people thing? And I'm like, no. <laughs> And it, I didn't really understand this part. Uh, maybe you guys did. And then Kyle, all of a sudden we see like around Diana Jenkins' neck, she just has like a bunch of just fuck. And she's like strangled with like rings on necklaces. And Kyle's like, how many rings do you need? <laughs> and we see all of her Cartier Panther rings, necklaces, rings. And the price goes up and it's like eighty to $230,000 each. And Diana's like, it's called Nouveau Riche. You get poor to riche so fast, you grab whatever you can. You know, fast cars, necklaces, everything. And Erica says, Diana Jenkins looks like she's Liberace. And it is just, you can just taste the jealousy. It is wild. Like, Liberace, girl, you wish you looked like Liberace in your heyday. Rinna says, I'm Mrs. She gives a speech. You know, she's like, oh, yeah, it's Mary's birthday. She says, I'm Mrs. Hamlin, and I'm so grateful that you chose me, Harry, in your life. <laughs> and Harry goes, well, that was that part was pretty easy. And everybody's like, oh, Harry, you're dumb. And Rena's like, I met Harry when he was 42. He had a mullet, but it didn't matter because he was hot. And we see him. He like a little, little cute Harry with a mullet. He goes, it didn't matter. And I go, by the way, mullet, you have a mullet right now, Rena. And she goes, it, you know, it didn't matter what his hair looked like. And, you know, you, Harry, you are the greatest thing that happened since sliced bread. I've heard Rena say this sliced bread line so many times over the seasons. Don't you? She always says this. She goes, it's so surreal to think he is 70 and we've been together for 30 years. I want to be around him as long as I can have him. Cheers to Harry Hamlin. We all cheers. And at this point, the guys go have a drink at the bar like men. And the women stay behind. And this is always fun. It's like summer loving from Greece. Like, tell me more, tell me more. And the guys are talking about like something like, you know, they're talking about literally how medieval guys used to wipe their butts in the olden days. Like, I shit you not, that's what they're talking about. And the women are like taking each other to task, like hardcore style. And I always find that so interesting, the differences between men and women. Mauricio is with Asher and he's like, so what do you do? And Asher's like, I mainly sing. I, I put out an album at the top of the year, a lot of Broadway, you know, it's just how I grew up. And now I'm like, is this Asher Roth? The old, that old rapper now. And I was like, it's not Asher Rothy, but now I got to find Asher's music, please. I know there's probably way smarter people out there that have already found Asher's music. I must listen to Asher's music. And I need to know if Diana Jenkins produced Asher's album that's coming up at the top of the year. Come on. Like that is just, aren't you so curious? I, I need to know immediately more about this man. I, 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 I'm fascinated. Um, we cut to Dorit cheersing. She's like, I'm blessed to be here, to able to be here to celebrate with my ladies. And everyone's like, cheers. And Sutton says, this is great. Sutton goes, speaking of thankful, I'll say, I'll say for being, for being here, um, you know, that would be me, Lisa. Lisa and I had a little thing. <laughs> I don't know if y'all heard about it. We, uh, I might have overspoken and, 
Diana goes, I love her accent, <laughs> which is so funny for Diana Jenkins. Like she's like, Sutton's accent is cute when Diana has a really cute accent. And Sutton goes, I did not mean to hurt you or Harry Hamlin when I spoke of something in public, which I normally don't do. And that is my mistake. I'll say, I'll say, I'm sorry. And it's really kind of what I believe to be a heartfelt apology. And Rena goes, you know, Rena just piously takes it in. I appreciate you saying you're sorry, but you didn't buy a table. Let's be clear about that. <laughs> like she immediately, like doesn't she says, thank you, but you didn't buy a table. Let's be clear about that. And son's like, what? You canceled your table at the last minute. You left them high and dry, and I had to scramble at the last minute to get tickets we were supposed to have. And Sutton's like, I canceled the fucking table? Yeah, Harry's publicist told us. And Sutton's like, they're lying to you then. And then Rena's like, we always get tickets. They gave our tickets away because Sutton said she would pay for us. And then Sutton canceled her table, they said. And so we had to do an interview with IMDB for 30 minutes with Harry. And, you know, if we need to dig into it, we will. But it's embarrassing for the charity. And I'm like, okay, no, I have the time. Let's dig into it. Please, let's dig into it. And Sutton goes, ah, I'm a very philanthropic person. Philanthropic person. I'm not going to be told, I say, I say, that I canceled a table when I did not. That is not going to happen. By the way, this is when Sutton grows real balls, when you question her charity. And I think it's amazing. And Garcelle says, well, I think you have the receipts, don't you, Garcelle? I think you have the receipts for the table, don't you, Sutton? And Sutton goes, uh, Lisa, come on. First of all, I don't cancel tables. And she pulls the receipts out of her bag. And Diana goes, I, can I just say it's a little bit classless. It's, it's not <laughs> starting to sound like Andrea from summer. <laughs> hey, it's just classless. You know, I'm very sad. Why are you bringing the receipt out of your pocket? No. She's like, it's classless. It's not something that should ever be discussed at the table. And Rena says, don't do it. Don't do it. And Garcelle says, well, Rena, you're the one who brought it up that she canceled the table and she didn't. So she should show us the proof. And Diana says, I think you should pick another subject. And I'm, this is when I was like, wait, who are you? Like all of a sudden you're jumping in, but it kind of might be good because she's already jumping in. You know, I was like, wow, she's really getting in there. And Rena goes, it's embarrassing. This is like the same bullshit Rena does when then she tries to kill you. It's just sad. This is sad. It's sad that you did, but it's sad. And Kyle goes, I, uh, Kyle and I talking about this was funny. She goes, I know Rena has her own receipts with her. But then when Diana said it was tacky, she's like, oh yeah, it's tacky. <laughs> I'm going to throw this away real quick. And Rena goes, it's embarrassing to the charity. You know better than that, Sutton. Like, really talking down in that annoying bullshit voice she has. And Sutton goes, I also know what slander is. And you guys, I got erect. Like, just like, I was like, bam! I was like, whoa! Like, whoa! Sutton goes, I, I also know what slander is. And there's a huge pause. And Rena goes, oh! And I didn't cancel a table. 
And Erica, she goes, Erica, like all of a sudden she's like, Slamna, Slamna. They're all talking. Like Rinna and Erica are like short circuiting. They're talking over. And we're just like, you going to shoo me? You going to shoo me? <laughs> you can't shoot the table last minute and you're going to shoo me? And Erica keeps going, Slander, slander, slander. They're just, it's just wild. Twiddledee and Twiddlefart are just like, just totally losing it. And Erica is like, slander. She keeps saying slander. And Sutton goes, you know this is not true, I'll say, I'll say. And Garcelle goes, if you're going to show it, show it. This is your time if that's your proof. You got to love Garcelle because obviously this is something... You know, Sutton was scared about doing, and I love that Garcelle was there. Like, no, you have the proof. You're in the right. Don't be talked down by with bullies. Don't be scared because of last season. You know, like you actually are in the right, so don't be scared. Crystal, by the way, is so bored during this whole scene. She looks like she's completely checked out. She is like somewhere on an island, sunbathing, having the best vacation of her life because she does not want to be there. In a talking head, Sutton goes, I got to put my readers on because I'm 50. <laughs> I'll say, I'll say. And she pulls out the email and she's like, I'm going to take care of Lisa and Harry's ticket. Here's my Amex. And then she reads her Amex card on TV. No, she reads the whole exchange and the person right back, you know, we have successfully processed two seats for $11,500. Um, and uh, there you go. And Sutton goes, there you go. And Garcelle goes, she paid for the table. She's paid for the table. And Dorit goes, but did you back out at the last minute, maybe? And Rinna goes, yeah, it's just what I was told. It's just what I was told. I'm, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be jumpy. And she like panics. She's like, you know, like this is what happens when Rinna makes such a big fucking deal out of this that she looks even like a bigger idiot when like proof gets brought out. Now, you would say Rinna has shown us her own proof like immediately on it. So she started posting these emails last night, which made it even sadder because you just saw that Rinna was begging to get in there of like Harry will talk to anybody so we can get into Elton's fundraiser you know correct me if I'm wrong but a fundraiser usually is to raise money for charities not to like because at the time the, you know it was just like it wasn't like you know Lisa Rinna bringing awareness to the Elton John fund I mean you know you had heavy A-listers there and you had people with real money like Sutton there like Rinna wanted to like Rena wanted to be there because she's Rena, you know, and and we would probably all want the same thing. We want to be invited to the cool spots. Rena didn't have the money or the power to get in there by herself, and and Harry got her in there barely, and she got pissed because her ticket was supposed to be taken care of, and it was. So either the charity double dipped somewhere. Obviously, it was a big miscommunication, but just the it shows you the lengths and the panic Rena goes through just to keep hold of her little corner of celebrity. And I find that to be what's truly fascinating about Rinna. It's old school Hollywood, really. It really is. It's like, you know, the pictures, you know, uh, what's that uh, Sunset Boulevard line? Like the pictures, the pictures didn't get small. You did. I've, 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 <laughs> that's great. I've tried to, what's that old line? Uh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Anyways, um, Diana goes, Oh, Rinna goes, well, Diana can speak to it because she underwrites the event. Oh, no, Crystal says that. Diana can speak to it because she underwrites the event. And Kyle goes, I'm starting to see why Diana was invited to this event. 
And Diana Jenkins is one of the heads of the Elton John fundraiser, believe it or not, which also just shows you how wild Renna is. It's like, I'll invite Diana Jenkins to shove it down that bitch's Sutton's face. So, uh, you know, Diana goes, she could have paid for it and said she's not coming, you know. And Kyle's like, Diana is not only a friend, but a character witness. And Rico's, she did go. And Diana's like, I, I have been the main sponsor of this charity event for a very long time. Elton and his husband are very dear friends like Neil Patrick Harris. We see pics of them all together. And she's like, this charity is very close to my heart. It's personal. And Sutton says, come on, y'all. This is so unfair. I'm Sutton Srack. And Rena says, I'm John Jansen. Sorry, I just wanted, I just remembered John. I'm John Jansen. I'm Shannon Bedore's husband. People like when I say, John Jansen. Shannon, I'm going to take you and I'm going to bend you over this pole and make love to you. I'm John Jansen. Rena goes, Sorry, it's unfair. You brought it up. You started it, Sutton. We got to figure it out. And like, no, she brought it up to apologize to you, dork. And, you know, Garcelle is like, uh, I, I just, I just, it's, it's just ridiculous. Rinna's just ridiculous. Rinna in a talking head. This is when my just steam was coming out of my ears. She goes, Sutton thinks a little bit too much about herself. If she's thinking about a receipt to one up me at my husband's birthday party, 70 years old, Harry Hamlin, and our good friend has just been held up at gunpoint, something is off with your empathy meter, if that's what you're worried about right now. Are you fucking kidding me? Empathy meter? Is this the same Lisa Rinna that badgered Denise Richards after she said, come on, I have a family, please don't. We just got to get you the truth, Denise. We've got to get you the truth. I'm going to bite my bony nose in your business. <laughs> like, are you out of your mind? How do you live with yourself spouting bullshit like this? This is wild bullshit, you guys. You guys laughed as hard as I did. I'm like, the fact that producer, we didn't hear the producers laughing in the background during that talking head. And I just love of like, our poor friend has been held at gunpoint. And I'm like, yeah, you could have just refused to then even have this conversation. We cut to the men, by the way. This is an intense conversation. And the men are like, uh, Harry's like, during medieval time, um, you know, they had a hard time wiping their ass. And Rob is like, yes, the, the, they always said, you know, the left, you would wipe your ass with your right hand. And, uh, and Harry's like, come on, we can say it. We can say it. But, but, and PK is like, I'll miss me a freak. I've never whopped my butt with my left hand. <laughs> we cut back to Kyle and Kyle says, it's getting confusing. You both had good intentions. You know, you both are being catty, but at the end of the day, you supported a charity, a good cause. Some miscommunication happened and the receipts and Diana goes, she did apologize. And Rinda goes, yes, she did. She apologized. And Lisa uh, Sutton goes, Lisa, I'll say, you know what it's like to step in it. 
and I did. I stepped in it, which I think is very gracious of Sutton. Like, Sutton is still saying with all of this, I shouldn't have brought it up. She's accepting, like, yeah, I, I shouldn't have brought it up on Watch What Happens Live. I'm sorry. And Erica goes, where's my apology? And Sutton snaps back, you're, you're not getting one. And she goes, why not? And Sutton goes, because I don't like you. And then Erica, this is how bad Erica's just not good at repartee. She goes, she's shy. She goes, oh, oh, oh good. She gets high pitched. She goes, oh, oh, good. <laughs> she, go back and listen. She goes, oh, good. Well, this is a mutual thing. It's a mutable thing. I don't like it. Mutable thing. <laughs> she, she like really is short circuiting. And uh, Sutton's like, uh, Sutton goes like kind of like offers her her hand. And uh, Erica goes, never go fuck yourself. <laughs> and Sutton goes, you go fuck yourself. And then Erica goes, you fuck off. And it's like literally like nana nana boo boo. It is the stupidest interaction that I've seen and also wildly entertaining. And Kyle goes, you guys, we don't talk like that with each other. And <laughs> Erica goes, shut up. And Sutton goes, no, you shut up. And we cut to the men and the men are literally like making like meow. They're making like cat noises. And we go back to the scene and Erica's like, yeah, you. And Shutton goes, shut up. And Erica goes, no, you shut up. And Garcelle and talking to says, obviously Erica isn't over the beef with Sutton. And, uh, we get we do a flashback to the reunion where Sutton was like, you were nice to me all of a sudden and you hated me. And Erica's like, that's called playing your ass, which I thought was the stupidest thing ever. It was just that last season, if you remember, on that one trip, Erica obviously was on a bunch of like Vicodin or shit. And like she was like feeling loopy. So she was actually a nice human being to Sutton. And then like immediately the next episode was an asshole again. Garcelle gets up and she goes, you know what? I'm out. And Rena's like, you're leaving? And Garcelle's like, yeah, I'm leaving. It's you know, it's petty. It's too much. I feel like she's apologizing. Your feelings are hurt. How did we get past this so we can move on? I feel like we're just being nasty just to be nasty. And Sutton goes, I agree. And Rena goes, yeah, you know, I don't want to be nasty. <laughs> I'm like, really? Well, what have the last four seasons been like for you then? I don't want to be nasty. Let's move on. I can resolve this. And Sutton gets up and Rena says, Sutton, I accept your apology. Let's move on. And Sutton says, you know I adore you, I'll say. I'll say, I would never want to hurt you in a million years. And Garcelle goes, oh, come on, Sutton, that's crazy. I don't think you adore her. And Sutton goes, I do. And Garcelle's like, you do? And she goes, I do. I like her. I say, I say, I like Lisa. I want her to act right. And I didn't act right that night. And Garcelle goes, cut it out. And <laughs> she walks around the table towards Erica and Erica goes, shut up. And Garcelle goes, no, you shut up, Erica, in a kind of a teasing way. And Garcelle's like, you're enjoying yourself too much. And that's the problem to Erica. And, and Erica goes, I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, she's being high-pitched, Erica, instead of like, I know. She goes, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's weird. It's like that's it's like a weird tell. It's like something's up. 
And Kyle says, okay, if everyone says, I adore you, I love you. She's like, I can't with all this talk, this phony, you know, reconciliation. It's one of the phoniest reconciliations I've ever seen. Kyle Richards says in a talking head, we now cut to Diana's home the next day. Uh, she has a beautiful home in Beverly Hills. We meet her son, Ennis, 22 years old. Uh, we meet John, a part-time chef. We meet a nanny, another chef. We meet a stylist, Leah. There's just so many workers over there. And she's like, I have a very big life. It's complicated. I have a big buzzing household. And we meet Pearl, Diana's dog, who is richer than I am. And she's like, I always want to take everyone with me when I travel. And uh, the dog is just being like, like really taken care of. And Asher says, um, I, don't, I don't know what I, I didn't write that down correctly. We find out Diana has like seven or six houses all over the country in Sarajevo, Guar, Hidden Hills. And she's like, people think I'm pretentious. I grew up poor in a communist country. We meet her one-year-old daughter, El, El, Ilayenya. El, I'm saying that wrong, obviously. And she's like, when I was growing up, I was definitely a tomboy. I only hung out with boys. I was tough. I got into fights. I've got the Bosnian DNA. Oh, Ashley says that about the daughter. And she's like, uh, I one time beat up a mafiosa for picking on my brother. It was a gang leader. I hit him in the balls. I thought he was going to kill me. I got the reputation not to mess with me. At 19 years old, the war broke out and my dad needed to get me out. And then I went to London. And I, I did everything to I did everything to survive. I cleaned toilets. I would say there is a good ten years of my life that were excruciating. Just survival. This is so not a good I'm gonna learn how to do this. Um Innes, the twenty two year old son, says, Mom, I've gotta to go to London on business seminars. And she's like, I met my ex-husband in London. He was one of the top investment bankers, extreme poverty to extreme wealth. I, in a talking head, she goes, I felt really rich when I had my first $1,000. Then my first $10,000. I felt very rich. And the producer goes, how did you feel when you had your first million? And she goes, very, very, very rich. <laughs> I realized I hadn't even scratched the surface. They're feeding their baby a whole avocado, by the way. And um, she goes, why did I get divorced? I wasn't happy, truly, bottom line. I wanted to be on my own, have my own identity, I guess. My ex-husband and I have two children, Ines and my daughter, Enyenya, who's 19. She is training horseback riding, hoping to get into the Olympics. Very good hard workers, which I always love. Rich kids always like are into horseback riding. Like if there's like all the Olympians, I feel like are all rich because like rich kids train on horses. Um, Diana says, after my divorce, I was single for five minutes. I met Asher at a Victoria's Secret party. <laughs> she goes, it was never meant to be anything else, but we just kept having fun. Having fun and then having fun. And then here we are. The baby is walking around. They're just throwing just money at the baby. No, they're... Um, the, she goes, the age difference between me and Asher is 15 years. He is 33. So do the math. 
I'm still working on this math problem, by the way, you guys. I know it's like you add the 30, they're like, you put the 33 and then you put the 15 underneath it and you add it and then you five, then it's like the five times three, I think that's like an eight. And then that is where I get confused. I'm not sure exactly what the age range is here. Um, she's like, sometimes people ask me, which one is my son and which one is my boyfriend? <laughs> I think less now, though, because Asher figured out how to grow a beard. <laughs> but I'm hoping to get rid of it one day. I loathe that beard. I love that she's like, Asher figured out how to grow a beard of like, if you put your mind to it, Asher, one day you too might grow a beard. And uh, it's a really, I, I really like Diana. So the last scene of this, we're at Sutton's store, Kyle visits and uh, Kyle's like, what's going on? Uh, or, you know, and, and Sutton's like, oh, look over here. You'd look great in this. And Kyle's like, you're already selling me stuff. And Sutton's like, I'm doing an event next week and I'm worried about it. We got Alexis Mobile. That's who's coming. The designer. Um, and you know, they just immigrated, you know, people can now come over and, uh, Alexis from Paris, you know, American in Paris, we're going to do a Parisian and LA theme. And Kyle says, well, we like those themes always. Um, and, uh, Sutton goes, I'm such a Francophile. I'm a, Fra I'm a Francophile. I'll say, I'll say. And Kyle's like, what does that mean? And Sutton's like, come on, someone who loves France. I think that should be like a Francophile. A Francophile it means somebody that's like really into James Franco or like hot dogs, like a Franker, a Frankerphile, a Frankenfurterphile. You know what I'm saying? Like if I, it seems like a weird name. And Kyle goes, I learn something new every day with you. And she goes, I'll have to teach you new stuff every day. Sutton goes, I'm, I'm really good though, Kyle. I'm really good. And Kyle's like, can I ask you a question for the show? <laughs> this has been bothering me. When you came to my old house, it was hard to shake off what happened with our friend to read with the home invasion. And you're like, I'm putting my own fires out. And she goes, well, I was having a very busy morning. I'm sorry. Yes. And Kyle keeps going. Well, it's that the reaction, it's just very strange. And then you said, you're sorry, you know, sorry, you didn't have a gun held to your head. I mean, our friend had a gun in their face. Which, by the way, the police report doesn't say the burglar had a gun, somebody pointed out. And I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe, I don't know. And Kyle's like, well, that was just, Sutton goes, well, that was just such a weird thing to, how, how can you think, I mean, that's weird to me, Sutton says. I'm, I'm working, I'm sorry, I was, I, was, I was talking about it and maybe my brain wasn't there. I just, I don't remember, it, it's confusing. And Kyle says, is this a new you or a new side of you that I don't know? Cause it's just confusing. And Sutton goes, Kyle. And Kyle goes, yes. And they just stare at each other. But this is really just shitty of Kyle. I feel like this is abusive in another way of just kind of like, what's wrong with you? It's just weird. Like what's going on with you, you know? And, uh, Kyle goes, I don't know what planet Sutton is on, but it's not this one. And Kyle says, well, it just seems like you didn't give a shit, Sutton. And Sutton goes, you know that's not true. Stop it. Oh, just stop it. I like when Sutton always is like, you stop it right now. You stop it. Stop it. You stop. I'm going to spank you. I'm going to put you on my leg and spank you. Now I'm just having fantasies about it. You get over here, Ryan. Oh, miss her so bad it's not good. Come on. So I'll give you something so bad so bad it's good. You get over. I'm going to spank you. I'm going to spank you on your bottom. <laughs> I'll say, I'll say a little spank, spank, spank. <laughs> Oh my God, please never, 
ever tell Sutton about this. You guys are sworn to secrecy about this. And uh, Kyle goes, I'm telling you the truth, Sutton. And Sutton goes, I don't deal well with. And then Kyle goes, emotions? Because you cried a lot last year about moving out of your house, which I just thought was like a weird, low, unnecessary blow. And Sutton goes, no, I don't deal well with guns. I don't do well with burglaries. And Kyle goes, no one does. No one does. And then Sutton goes, my house was broken into when I was 14 years old. So there's that. My father shot himself in the head with a gun. So there's that. Is that what you want? And Kyle goes, that's not what I want. It's not about your rights now, Sutton. I'm sorry. And you're doubling down, which is really freaking me out, which is like the weakest way to argue. You're really making me out. And Sutton says, uh, part of me. Oh, sorry. Kyle says, part of me wants to say Sutton isn't like this. I know her better than that. But another part of me is like when someone shows you who they are, believe them. How can you be so insensitive wrapped up in your own world? You just, just, this isn't about you, you know? And I got to say, you know, Kyle is saying this, but Sutton's the one that should actually listen to this. When somebody shows you who they are, believe them. And I feel like Kyle now has shown Sutton a couple times who she is, and it's not Sutton's friend. Um, so Kyle goes, well, your action is your action, and your reasoning is your reasoning, but I had to say something. And Sutton says, nope, not seeing it. Kyle looks dismayed, and we get next time on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. We're back in La Quinta at Kyle's house. Kyle by Shahida, her store in, in uh, Palm Springs, is opening. And we see a little uh, scene where uh, Kyle's like, Sutton and I had a conversation the other day. It was intense. And Erica's saying, did she really say sorry? I didn't have a gun to my hand. So Erica's getting in on the Sutton kicking. Um, we also say Crystal saying, I'm very triggered about the whole thing in this conversation. And then Crystal goes to Garcelle because my feelings are irrelevant to them. And then Dorit goes, are you out of your fucking mind? And then, yeah, so that, 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 oh, sorry. Um, what did I write this note? Kyle, don't be friends with Dorit. Oh, I was, I was daydreaming today too. Cause I was saying like, we were talking about the close, close relationship between Mauricio, Kyle, PK, and Dorit. And somebody was like, well, I mean, Dorit also has that relationship because it saves her on the show. And I'm like, no, Kyle's not as powerful as everybody thinks. Like, remember, Teddy was her best friend, too. And Teddy's off the show. Like, nobody's truly secure. Like, Kyle's not going anywhere. But you just never know with any of the rest of these people. Also, I think it's interesting. Like, the Erica Jane thing, depending on the storyline, I could see a world where Erica Jane is not on the show after this season. It's a slim chance. But I do see a world. Like, at what point? Like, it is interesting growing old with these housewives because you're just like, at what point do you bow out gracefully? You see it in other things. And, you know, what's that? The Kurt Cobain, it's better to burn out, not fade away, which is a dumb ass line, but people will always say that in regards to like, you know, I wanted to leave before I got kicked out and housewives always like, no, I want to run it into the ground. <laughs> like, I want to be here until they make me leave. So that's interesting. Anyways, you guys, I thought this was going to be a quick old recap. And of course it isn't because I'm me and hopefully you guys like that. So I hope you had a good time today. I hope you had a lot of laughs. We started off with Garth Brooks and we ended here. This has taken me four hours tonight with my little breaks. My dog, Brooklyn, is sleeping right next to me. And I'm so, so thankful that I don't have to podcast tomorrow. I am so happy to have a break for a day. 
Um, I still have tons of stuff to do. Don't worry about me. Um, you know, anyways, not, not important, but I wanted to say thank you. We've had a great week of shows. Uh, please go back and check them out at any time. Thank you for supporting me. If you like this, leave good reviews, follow me on all the socials, all that crap that I hate you to do, hate asking you to do. And lastly, have a great weekend. Do something for yourself. Do something for somebody else. Say, give a compliment to a stranger, kiss somebody only if they, you can tell that they, you know, give you permission, uh, drink something good, eat something good, listen to great music, hang out with your kids, hang out with your friends, hang out with yourself, watch something good on TV, read a good book flip through a magazine. So many cool things that we can do with this weekend, but most importantly, recharge. And I will talk to you bright and early on Monday morning. You guys mean a lot to me. You are great. You got this. Bye. Betches.